1: We've got him in sight. Hold on, Mask will be right back.
2: Hello, hello. This is Salem Blood, direct from my hospital bed here at the Metro at the Metropolitan Methodist Hospital. I just heard episode 9 of Mask Mayhem. All of it finally. <laughs> anyway, uh, you guys are also not only forgetting vehicles, but also forgetting some other vehicle abilities, like Thunderhawk's magnetic thruster discs. Yes, he used this so many times before this, before Vanessa's vehicle. Uh, he used it, I think in episode 1 or 2. Where he attached one of his magnetic thruster discs to the underside of the left wing of the switchblade in jet mode. It caused the uh, switchblade to tumble out of control as the thruster disc uh, activated. See what they do is they magnetically attach to a vehicle and a very powerful thruster uh, ignites pushing pushing it in that direction, whichever direction it's facing. Uh, These are apparently very powerful because that one time when Dusty accidentally drove off a cliff in Hawaii, I think it was Hawaii, um, Matt used two thruster discs to attach to the underside of Gator to safely bring Gator down, uh, down to a Uh, a soft landing at the bottom of the cliff. He also used uh, one of his discs to attach to the rear end of the jackhammer to cause the jackhammer to uncontrollably run into a wall. And we see in this case he's used the disc to attach to the front end of Vanessa's vehicle and the thruster pushed down. The front end of the vehicle forcing her to land. So this isn't the first time. It's not the magnetic pull of these discs that causes the vehicles, or that causes the effect. No, it's the little thruster embedded inside the center of the disc that uh, does the pushing, or that does the hard work the pushing effect the magnetic part is just only to attach to the vehicle that's all otherwise other than that this is a solid episode you all did I'm very happy at this episode keep up the good work Uh, again this is Salem Blood from my hospital bed hopefully By the time we hear this recording, I will be out of the hospital and back home again. Good work once again, TFG1 Mike and Optimus Solo, and have yourself a good day.
1: Now watch what Mask does. Well, thank you for that voicemail, Salem. Um, not to sound like a complete and utter dick. But please, focus on yourself when you're in the hospital. Don't worry about podcasting and replying to podcasts. Uh, As far as the magnetism thing and as far as remembering the vehicles and the weapons, I joked in, in a previous episode that I'm intentionally going to not say the vehicle names and not say the weapon names anymore and not remember what the hell they are just because people keep pointing it out to us. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's like, at this point in the series, we're up to, what what are we doing today? Episode 23 and 24, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're 24, uh, you know, 23, 24 episodes in. I'm just watching to enjoy it or not enjoy it, and I nitpick <laughs> on what I want to nitpick on. I don't know about Kevin, but... Uh, we're not gonna notice every little piece of, of of weaponry type of deal.
0: Yeah, like I said, it goes back to me just not owning the toys, so I don't have the background of knowing the names of vehicles, and you know, I I learn some of them as they go through, but I'm not trying to like spend a half hour memorizing every vehicle and every weapon that comes out of it and ability yeah. of the mask, et cetera, um, because this series is not good enough for me to do that. Too. <laughs> no, um, I I mean I'm enjoying parts of the series but um yeah and as for the magnet magnetic thruster it wasn't the point that i I wasn't saying that there wasn't like a cartoon way of explaining it i was just saying that it's highly unbelievable even for me in the cartoon world that that object would would have the effects that it does i mean of course all the mask effects and vehicle effects are pretty far-fetched but for that one just kind of stood out to me that i didn't quite get how we were supposed to buy that that was having the effects that it was
1: yeah yep so there you go we are gonna get on with the show mm-hmm. This is Theo, Joe, and Mike, and welcome to the Mayhem. This is Mast Mayhem, Episode 10, and with me as always is my Rhino co-pilot, Optimus Solo. Hello.
0: Good day, sir.
1: Yes. Uh, And while this episode is going to be a little bit late, we are still here. Uh, And in this episode of Mast Mayhem, we'll be giving you our thoughts on Episode 23, Vanishing Point, and Episode 24, Counterclockwise Caper. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. This morning, the cargo plane that was to carry the Hermes jet back to the coast disappeared. Right on the runway. Disappeared? A 10-ton cargo plane? Come on, Dutch. Believe it. And tomorrow, the jet's scheduled to be unveiled before the Army brass. If anything happens to it... I get the picture. The entire project could take a tail dive. Let me look into it. First up today is Vanishing Point. Take it away with the plot synopsis.
0: Vanishing Point. So we start with a plane. It's going to land and it disappears or vanishes. Um, Matt, by chance, is the principal investor in Project Hermes. So he is alerted about the cargo plane that was carrying the Hermes jet that had just disappeared. So then he goes to investigate with Scott and T-Bob. And they arrive at a busy metropolis, unlike the ghost town they had expected, which t-bob gets ridden by a girl Ooh. um yeah we'll leave that one alone
1: insert Uh, that joke right there
0: (laughs) matt has t-bob take a picture of a of a check on the like little convenience store uh wall and the computer basically scans the check and discovers that miles mayhem is the person that signed it so matt decides it is time to assemble the team which consists of Matt, Bruce, Dusty, and Gloria, the four of them going against the four Venom members. Um, The team gets briefed on the jet, and then they happen to see Sly and Cliff drive by and recognize Venom. We'll get to that later. Um, And Scott and T-Bob motor scooter along as well. T-Bob motor scooter mode. Um, T-Bob then blows the cover as they're kind of like doing their little surveillance on Venom. Uh, which causes a little scene where we have a little cliffhanger where Scott's about to die because a bunch of basically logs are going to fall on him. Matt saves Scott. And we'll get
1: to that later, too.
0: <laughs> Matt saves Scott, and then Mask goes after Venom. Venom is using a false radar, which is how they're doing this. They're, they're using a false radar in combination with a fake airfield um, to hijack planes, which they do again. And then we have a n- showdown between Mask and Venom. Mask saves the plane and crew, but Venom has a bomb basically attached to the uh, the plane and the hangar, and they're going to blow that up, but luckily, Bruce saves the day, so no bomb, no foul, and Venom has retreated, and Mask successfully, as I said, saves the day. That is the vanishing point. So
1: Thoughts on the is... plot? <laughs> this is skyway to terror essentially <laughs> it, it, it the whole episode it felt like an, an aerial version of highway to terror it honestly did
0: uh, there were some interesting i mean i like the fact that they were using like the false radar and the mystery of how they were pulling it off with the planes disappearing and the fake airfields and stuff like that so that part was i found interesting um there wasn't like huge showdowns in this episode compared to some of the other ones Mm -hmm. i mean a little bit at the end and then the bomb at the end was kind of like another added twist at the end although sometimes that's all too common enemy plot device where oh plans foiled don't worry i had a bomb installed um type deal but as far as the plane aspect of it and the planes disappearing and that type of thing i didn't have a problem with that
1: Oh no, I I don't I don't have a problem with the plot. It's just it feels like You've seen Highway, it before. To, Highway to Terror with planes. It's that's what it feels like. I mean, we've seen it before. Like I thought the disappearing yeah, airfield was cool. I thought the effect of the disappearing airfield was cool, but again, it reminds me so much of Highway to Terror.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't. You know what? That's a great point, and I didn't even think about that when I was watching it. But now that you bring that up, it is basically Highway to Terror in air. Um, <laughs> so you have a good point there. It's almost a recycled plot line, but I, I still don't dislike it. Like you said, it's not bad. It's yeah, just...
1: I, I I don't dislike it. It's just like, oh, okay, we're doing this now.
0: Right, and like I said, we uh, we had four on four as far as the agents go. It had been a while since I'd seen Gloria, at least it seems like it had been a while, um, so it was good to see her back in the mix. um I also thought it was kind of cool with the uh when Matt went to assemble the team, he yeah. made a specific reference that since they're not at the headquarters, he used the phrase satellite link um, when he was talking about the computer, like use the satellite link to you know select the proper team or whatever so yeah, i thought you,
1: I, he said that before though
0: yeah i just think it's a cool touch when they're not there that he, that right. he references it and that kind of well there
1: is that they're adding in a whole lot of stuff
0: yeah right? even as, more as in the next episode along.
1: uh do you uh know who wrote this
0: <laughs> oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna be looking all that stuff up and researching that um <laughs> expect that for episode 25 is a good number to start doing that. Okay. <laughs> That's a nice round number. I like episode 25 as when, right. we, when we go over that. Yeah. But, you know, plot, plot is good. Plot has potential. Plot does not ruin the episode. So, yeah. we can go from there.
2: Wow! Look!
1: Speak of the devil's Let's nail them. So let's turn on the high beams. Um, so bright. Yes, yeah, so bright.
0: <laughs> I thought it was interesting that they used the uh, the name McKenna for mm, a lot of the stuff in here. Um, I think it was McKenna um, Airfield. Airfield. Yeah. They use it in multiple ways, and one of the voice actors' last name is McKenna. Um, hmm. So I don't know if that's a coincidence if they were trying to work that in or if I, you know, I'm not sure if it was intentional or unintentional, but I did catch that. Um, Here's one that we'll talk about both in this episode and the next episode. Mask finally recognizes Venom's car. Well, in this case recognizes Venom's person. Like they recognize Sly and uh, Cliff Dagger because the truck goes by and it, it's not until the window goes by and you clearly see both Sly and Cliff that the mask members go, Aha! You know, Venom. So, yeah. after before where we couldn't recognize anything or there was some, some inconsistency, in episode 23 there is indisputable proof that they recognize the individuals by looking at them. Yeah. Um. um. And- I just, there's no way around it. There's no way you can argue that point that they recognize them by seeing them mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, did you notice the line when they said, uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody says, "Keep them busy while I get the truck out of here."
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I know they didn't probably mean it like that, but all I could think of was that sounds like they wanted to say
1: something else. When the truck is a-rockin', don't come (laughs) a-knockin'.
0: Well, I get the bleep out of here.
1: Um,
0: We did actually have a cliffhanger. We haven't had it very often, but I've tried to bring it up every time we've had when it goes to commercial break. Mm -hmm. Um, There was actually a a cliffhanger with Scott and the falling timbers. But uh, good lord, those timbers took a while to fall
1: yes yes they did
0: they were falling and then they were falling and then they were falling and Then we went to commercial and then we got back from commercial and they were back up a little bit further than they were <laughs> and then they were falling and then they were falling and then they were getting shot yeah luckily for Scott those things didn't weigh much and they were apparently floating through the air like feathers that's the only way that it could have taken them that long to get there um, we got another look at the Venom henchman Yeah. There was two guys in the in the one room, uh, kind of guarding the door, so to speak. Probably my biggest high beam for this episode, though, was the the aerial um, maneuvers and the flying maneuvers that we saw. There was a lot with Thunderhawk and a couple of the other vehicles during the, the kind of the fight scene, so to speak, where they're doing some nifty spins and flyovers and. Dipsy doos and I don't know what all the technical terms are for those maneuvers, but they were doing a lot of them.
1: Loop-de-loops and yeah, I everything them. else. Yeah. No, I, I also loved Matt's uh, Matt's flying slash driving skills uh, in in the aerial battle. That was so awesome. Uh, and as I said last week, uh, Bruce must work for Kenner. <laughs> he's in there, demonst- he's at a toy demonstration for buyers. Mm-hmm. Or, some p pe- it he it he must work for Kenner. Uh, <laughs> Dusty runs off and he hits the switch by accident. Pizza everywhere.
0: <laughs> uh, that looks like the guy was trying to eat out of the machine.
1: At the end. Uh, <laughs> like he
0: gave so, up and he's like, "I'll just eat
1: it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, hold that pose. All students fall over. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, when Venom's in town real estate goes down. <laughs> that's a cheesy line. Yeah that's still funny. Uh disappearing reappearing airfield. It's made a to Yeah, I already mentioned that. Um why is Sly not picking cactus prongs out of his ass at the <laughs> end of this episode? Honestly, cuz apparently he's cactus proof. Um uh, and that'll that cactus that'll, be an image in the in the show notes. Uh,
0: you got it on with the cactus.
1: I don't know how the PSA at the end of this can even be considered a PSA. The only <laughs> way it can be considered a PSA, and, I, and I'm not trying to sound negative about it, it it, it is a good message, but it, it it just it just didn't seem like a PSA to me at all.
0: Never try to handle too much wood.
1: Oh and on that note I think we're gonna go into the low beams Uh.
2: You're coming right down on the beam, Flight 102. You can always depend on Rod being right on time.
1: Best pilot we got
2: land that
1: thing blindfolded. Right, so, uh, let's turn on the low beams. I'm going to go first. I don't have too many of these. Uh Scott forces T-Bob into the weirdest situations. In the beginning of the episode, he it, essentially he doesn't do this, but it's like sticking a gun in T-Bob's face and making him do stuff he doesn't want to do.
0: Yeah, he's an abusive owner.
1: Yes, very much so. Uh Okay, you know, you mentioned that, that mask-recognized venom. <sighs> I have the opposite effect here in my low beams. Seriously, Rax and Dagger are driving in the big rig truck. They drive right by the mass vehicles, and the team does not have their helmets on. Now, okay, I get it. You know, eyes on the road, hands at 10 and 2, I get that. But there are times when a driver will look left or look right. And you're telling me that Rax did not turn his head to the left at all? To see that, hey, there's Thunderhawk, there's Rhino in plain fucking daylight.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't look at it from that side.
1: Uh, I, uh Why didn't Scott... Uh, okay, yeah. The, um... The beams. The wood beams. Hmm. Before they start falling, doesn't Matt yell at him? Or doesn't Matt yell to him? Mm-hmm. And as you said in your high beam, it takes these things forever to fall. Scott could have just moved out of the fucking way.
0: He was stricken with terror. Uh, Frozen. I
1: like guess all that
0: twerpy is.
1: I, I guess all that hard oak really, uh, yeah. you know, puts a frightening look on his face.
0: Yeah, and that's why he was, there, there was a, a wood theme in this one. Scott and wood it was falling on him yeah and he was not carrying enough and tvop (laughs) was carrying too much and i don't know what's going on here
1: so my final one is and this is just something that we've done the last nine episodes or whatever and i'm exaggerating when i say this but isn't this like the 10 billionth time that switchblade has been damaged or destroyed
0: I'm, i'm thinking that there's an army of switchblades there must be. There is a, a disappeared uh, landing field somewhere. <laughs> a hidden cloaked landing field that has hundreds of switchblades, and they just go to get one whenever they need one. Beginning of each cool. episode, he picks out a new one. You know, like cool. that commercial that that used to run where, like, the person would be, like, looking for a new car, and they'd be like, I want a red car. And then all of a sudden, all the red cars would show up on the thing.
1: Oh, that's the Auto Trader commercial. That still <laughs> runs.
0: Then they'd be like, well, I want a truck. And then it would be all trucks. Trucks,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I want a Dodge. <laughs>
1: like, I want all new cars. the yeah. One that has, yeah, yeah. what he
0: does with Switchblade.
1: Oh, God. What do you have for low beams? Um,
0: none of my low beams are major ones. Like, they're not plot-related. They're not story-related or writing-related or anything like that. Most of mine might seem like I'm being very nitpicky, but they're all mainly about animation mm-hmm. and, and the sequencing of stuff, uh, with the exception of one. And that is, and I've repeated this multiple times, and people might be tired of me hearing it or hear me saying it, but uh, the voices. Good God. Okay. I know, I know. There's other shows where people do multiple voices. You know, you have your stars, and they do the major voices. And then if there's side voices, they usually get those major stars to do the side voices. Yeah. They're like, you know, we, all, we have so many people under contract. We need a couple more extra voices. Do you know guy on street or do bank teller or whatever? All right. And I know in certain situations I can identify certain voices. Like I can, I can identify Frank Welker's voice. Um, you know, I can identify. Peter Collins' voice I can identify you know like a Dawes Butler or or, or some of those people even though they do a million different voices you can kind of identify them because there's just that certain quality but they still change the voices like they still have uh, dozens of voices that they they can do for different characters so, it's not completely obvious. It's not like you're in a Transformers, and I um, hate to use that reference, but it's not like you're in a Transformers episode here, and we hear Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, and then we hear Random Scientist with Optimus Prime's voice. Yeah. Like, he would at least change it somewhat. And they make absolutely no effort in Mask to have the stars use different voices. The flight guy at the beginning is using Slyrax's voice a hundred percent. Yeah. The pilot is using, I can't remember if it's Buddy or Dusty, is using one of their voices a hundred percent. Like, yep. it drives me nuts when I'm hearing these side voices. And it's not just that I can tell it's the same person. No, it's the same exact version of the voice. And it drives me nuts. Okay, I'm off, off my soapbox. <laughs> um, they, they went with the good old uh, anime influence split screen at one point. Oh, yeah. With Gloria, Matt, and Bruce. I hate it. Um, was it just me, or did they go a little overkill with the guns that popped out of the airfield?
1: Yeah, that was um there was
0: about a million of them because yeah. at one point I'm like i at one point I was gonna count them. I'm gonna be like, I want to count how many guns just popped out, but then they do this like moving sequence where like somebody's driving, and it becomes impossible there's so many guns. Yeah, like there it's, was it's, at least fifty to a hundred, uh, like automated guns popping out of that airfield, and to me that was kind of weird.
1: I mean, like you know, you you know, you look at Boulder Hill, okay. Mm-hmm. Boulder Hill has maybe what three, four different gun turrets. Once it's in its defense mode, right? Maybe two. I don't. I, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen. We haven't seen Boulder Hill in a while because they're all in these. <laughs> You know, they're, they're rarely ever in, you know, Matt's house anymore or Boulder Hill. So it's like, you know, that you you know how many how much firepower it has, but this airfield was, like, so overpowered. I and mean, with was, that
0: many guns, there's no way they could all miss. I know. <laughs> so don't have that many guns because it just makes it less believable.
1: Yeah. And they had
0: weird sound effects on them, too. Um, and my other little – well, Cliff's car gets – Oh, wait, everybody can yell at me now because I didn't name it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like a whole mountain drops on it. Yeah. Like a, a, a boulder, the size of the boulder in Indiana Jones freaking lands right on top of it. Yeah. And smashes it. Mm. So we need to go to that place where all of the uh, um, vehicles are being chosen at the beginning of the episode, but it's <laughs> like a whole field of these too. Mm. Um, and my last one is... That was bad animation used and timing and sequencing on the bomb timer at the end. Because uh, Bruce is, I think it's Bruce, who's going to defuse it. And he asks for the bobby pin from Gloria. Right. Gets it. They show the timer. And it goes to zero. So we're just dealing with like the tenths or the hundredths of a second. Yeah. And then he gets the bobby pin from her. And puts it in there.
1: Like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was after the bomb would have gone <laughs> off that he saved the I've world. never seen, like, once you get down to one second.
0: You're dead. Like, you don't have time to do anything at that point.
1: <laughs> like, no, not at all. You can't
0: insert something into it and hope it stopped because they were in the tenths or the hundredths of a second. Like, that's boom, it's gone. It's dead. You're done. Like, so it, it was just bad timing as far as w- what number they allowed to be shown before they cut away to him grabbing the the bobby pin. Um, so, like I said, nothing major that was, like, plot effective. It was just little details that I thought were overlooked in this one. So, you know, I give props to the people that, like, wrote and did the, the plot and, and the dialogue for this episode. But then whoever was doing, like, the checking on the animation or that type of stuff kind of dropped the ball on this one.
1: I will say, and I, I know, I know, we're in the low beams, but that that whole bomb timer thing—I think it's—is it this episode or the next episode? I forget. Where one of the coolest things with the animation is when Gloria's mirrored against it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool effect, but yeah, I mean, the animation was so. In different places in this episode, it was so off.
0: Yeah, just like someone didn't like do the final run through. <laughs>
1: Mm-mm. yeah not at all there she
0: goes the turbines will go crazy trying to pump
1: water backwards the vibration will tear the whole dam to pieces
0: exactly and that would be the biggest disaster in history Mask will have to try to stop it no one will be interested in us hey
1: i like that thoughts on Alright, folks, lastly up today we are gonna talk about episode twenty-four, the counterclockwise caper plot, good sir.
0: As Miles Mayhem so named this episode, the counterclockwise caper, we start off with Matt Scott, T Bob, and Gloria in Las Vegas. Um and all the machines start going backwards. All machinery, including T Bob, starts going backwards because Venom has used a reverser machine. Matt leaves Scott and T-Bob at Lake Mead to go investigate. Uh, meanwhile, we, we see T-Bob the water skier. Um, Matt and Gloria are, are off investigating, but they're bored and they're about to give up. But Gloria sees Venom. We'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit. Venom uses the reverser again, which causes Matt to be spinning pretty fast and fast flying out windows and hanging on to curtains and Gloria has to save his life and drop him in a fountain. Um, Venom. We then learn that Venom is going to basically use this to rob the casinos. Uh, And at one point they use Vanessa to try to stall Mask while they they get away with what they're going to be doing. Mask assembles the team for Las Vegas, uh, which consists of Matt, Gloria, Bruce and Dusty again, four on four. Uh, He does have, Matt has Bruce and Gloria switch vehicles so that, Basically, uh, Bruce is with him, I believe is how that worked out. Yeah. And Gloria was with Dusty. Yeah. No, Dusty, Dusty was with Matt. Bruce is with Gloria. Right. Yeah. Um, Venom sets up a, a Hoover Dam for collapsing. They're going to use this reverser to, to collapse Hoover Dam, which is going to divert Mask attention to try to save Hoover Dam and the people, which is going to allow Venom to get away with their robbery, et cetera. Um, Meanwhile, Scott and T-Bob are out on Lake Mead, which is going to be affected by Hoover Dam's collapse. Um, They're about to die, and Bruce lifts them into the Thunderhawk as they're flying over. Yes. Mask goes to save the dam, just like the... uh...
1: Save the damn day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're going to go save the damn day, uh, which is kind of what Venom planned, but what Venom didn't plan is that they would split up, so... Two of the Mask members, Gloria and Bruce, are going to save the damn while Matt and Dusty are still pursuing Venom. So the plan didn't quite go through how Miles thought it would. Um, In the end, Venom loses the money and retreats, and Mask does save the damn day. A couple notes before we get into the plot here. I liked how the computer this time we talked about it keeps adding stuff. It -hmm. gave reasons for each selection. Yeah. Um, I think it's done
1: that before in the past. It's done that... Once, maybe, before, maybe twice. Uh, I never it looked, noticed
0: it so blatant. Like, oh,
1: it'll it'll continue. But it's it'll like, continue. you
0: know, this person selected for this ability that's going to, you know, for expertise or for Las right. Vegas or yeah. whatever. Um, I did notice, though, once again, that there was no ending to that team selection, and there was also no mention of Gloria. There was no acknowledging that she's already there or sh- choosing her or anything like that.
1: I thought there um, was.
0: No, they don't they don't say anything. They just select Bruce and Dusty and then it ends with no words. Hmm. Um so that is kind of weird. As far as the plot goes, um you know, we've already seen uh, plots kind of like you said with the other one. We we've seen this before somewhat where all machinery is is basically rendered useless mm. or malfunctioning. So we've seen versions of this. Um I don't mind the the complex plot with Venom trying to, you know, divert their attention to the dam while they, you know, rob the casinos and get away with the money. That was kind of cool. mm mm-hmm. um, So I don't have huge problems with the plot. What did you think about it?
1: Well, remember last week when you asked me if, at the end of Episode 9, if, if there was any preview of Episode 10 that I wanted to give? And I said, it was, I said something along the lines of, Episode 10 might have the best episode of the series so far. Mm-hmm. I know I'm jumping ahead here, but I'm going to quote Billy Bob. A tan! A fucking tan! This is by far... It only took this series 24 episodes to actually get me to absolutely not have an issue with a plot. Because this plot makes so much sense. Venom, and Miles Mayhem specifically, have never been succinct on world domination they've been you know guided by money and riches and this plot makes so much fucking sense granted the way that it's done is a little goofy but it it's a distraction that's that's all it is it's a distraction while venom goes and vacuums up all the money out of the casinos in las vegas this plot makes so much sense as a criminal organization as Venom is. Mean, I absolutely love this episode. This might be my favorite episode of the entire series, and we're not even done yet.
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I guess I didn't love it as much as you did, um, but, but maybe I'll change my opinion as we talk through this. I agree that I don't really have any problems with it, and I like that they were using a diversion, which is something we haven't seen very often. Um, and it was cool just to have kind of a regular bad guy where they have Plot where they have like this new device that they're going to use yeah. and they'll see how they deal with the fact that the machines aren't working. I thought that could have been used even a little bit better, um, yeah. but it, but it's not necessarily anything bad about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like like this episode when we get into the high beams and the low beams. I don't have that many for either category. I mean, I've got you know some legitimate stuff, but. It's like, when I watched this episode, I was like, wow. I, it, it, it was like, I was just mesmerized, and I was just watching it to watch it. I was I, This is probably the first episode of Mask that I actually really thoroughly enjoyed watching the episode. Whereas some of the other ones, it's like, oh god, I have to write this down about T-Bob, I have to write this down about Scott, or I have to write this down about... Teams not recognizing each other after, you know. It wasn't like that in this because it made, the plot made so much damn sense to me. Yeah. Although the reverser machine's fugly. But anyway.
0: I don't know, it's kind of cool looking. It looks like uh, one of the droids from Star Wars, actually.
1: It looks like a droidy car from Episode 1.
0: It almost looks like one of the medical droids or inter- uh, medical <laughs> droids from Episode 4 or 5. Yeah. I don't know, I have the action figure.
1: Hmm. Uh, any other thoughts on the plot?
0: No, like I said, a couple things I might have done a little bit differently, but I don't necessarily have any problems with it.
1: Nice going, Matt!
0: Will you look at that?
1: And they say money don't grow on trees! <laughs> so let's turn on the high beams. Okay, so... The drunken gambler inserts money into T-Pop... <laughs> And he, he pulls his arm and <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Mmm, Vanessa. Although that dress was a little frumpy, but the gloves. It was it's all about the gloves for me. But anyway. <laughs> um did you notice that there's tons of sexual tension between Gloria and Matt in this episode? I did notice that. I mean, it's more present. Are they a couple or not? It has never really been expressly said to this point in the series. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Spectrum can do anything. It even acts as the radio for Boulder Hill. Hmm. Because he, he called the computer through Spectrum. We're going to get a voicemail on that now. Probably. Well, Spectrum is the mask. <laughs> so I was right. Damn it! I know what the hell I want. Bring it a
0: lesson on its powers.
1: Oh God!
0: Or its abilities. Uh, mm.
1: Email's better. <clears throat> Oops. Uh, Grimlock wore the apron better.
0: <laughs> Who wore the apron? T-Bob.
1: T-Bob, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one.
1: <laughs> For once. That's uh that's, that's all I got. What do you got for
0: me? Um once again Venom vehicles are recognized. Now this now in episode 23 it was indisputable ev- evidence that mask recognized the people. They actually yeah. recognized Slyrax and Cliff Dagger. In episode 24 there's indisputable ev- evidence that they recognized the actual vehicles. Yeah. So mask can both recognize the individuals and the vehicles. I know the people are gonna say, yeah, it's it's venom that can't recognize mask without their mask, et cetera. I'm just trying to keep track here. So going forward, we know and we can be clear that mask can identify both venom agents and vehicles. Yeah. And we'll see how consistent they stay for the rest of the series. Um, I love the money vacuum that they were using to to steal all the money from the casino.
1: And yeah, that was awesome.
0: It's like a big vacuum that they're just sucking up all the money with.
1: That's, <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Remind me of so, co- it reminded it me been, of an episode of Cops, the cartoon, not the...
1: Harry it would have been even... Well, well no, because this episode... When did that movie come out? I think this ha- this episode happened before Spaceballs. I was going to say, it would be kind of cool if it was like a, a mini-meter maid.
0: Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um. So last episode we had a... Uh, let's get the truck out of here. <laughs> this episode, I know it's a, it's going to be a cheesy pop culture reference, but at one point the line was said you're on a boat (laughs) and I just found it funny like the the lonely island guys or whatever it is like do you get that reference or not somebody out there's gonna get that reference but uh I can't remember who says it I think Scott or something he's like you're on a boat and I just laughed um (laughs) the money on the cactus I thought was pretty funny yeah the money stuck to the cactus that um Dusty was was picking off one by one (laughs)
1: yeah it was funny
0: and then, of course, the line that money does not does grow on trees. Yeah. Um, so those were my high beams.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, this one, as I said in the plot, it was just overall enjoyable. Uh, you know, it, it, finally, an episode that I can actually enjoy. That's good.
2: I can't believe it. Matt Tracker actually on vacation.
1: Everybody's got to take a break sometime. Get away from villains, violence, and mystery. Let's turn on the low beams. Okay, um... T-Bob going backwards is one thing, but T-Bob talking backwards sounds like muffled screams. It was like, uh, I don't know, it was like, it, it wasn't like a weird backwards language. I don't know if you ever did that as a kid with your friends, but you always create languages with friends. I don't know, I used to do that as a, as yeah, a kid. Yeah, a lot of people a little stupid them. six-year-old stuff. But it was like, it just, it, you again, know it goes to the bad voice acting in the series.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't quite tell what was going on there, what was being used, if that was a person, if that was some type of mechanical effects or machine or computer voices, or I couldn't tell what was going on there. Um, you
1: know, and, and Scott, uh, again, we're, we're 24 episodes in and he still wants to go on missions. You're left out of dangerous situations because you might die, you know. Giant huge pieces of hardwood nearly killed you last episode, dude. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. Um The Ouch Cannon. Is that really what it was called? The Ouch Cannon. Worst weapon name ever. That Dusty's. was pretty bad. Oh god. Um Good PSA message, but bad T Bob joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Use a suntan That's- lotion.
1: Yes. <laughs> And again, oh, oh, okay, use suntan lotion? Did, I I don't remember. Did T-Bob actually put it on himself? I don't remember. Okay, if he did, then there's something wrong with that because T-Bob is mechanical.
0: I'm pretty sure he didn't. Okay. Maybe he put some anti-reflection like reflection or reflective stuff so it doesn't like make him hot.
1: I don't uh, know. All right, what do you got for a little bit?
0: How about right at the beginning when Gloria and Matt are there and Gloria says, I can't believe it, Matt Tracker on vacation? He's on vacation every episode.
1: (laughs) I (laughs) know. What the
0: hell? What do you mean, Mad Tracker on vacation? He's on vacation every other episode. They've been to 1,800 countries already, and we're only (laughs) in episode 24. Not all of them were work-related. In fact, I remember specifically at one point him, Bruce, Scott, and all them out on, like, a pontoon. Yeah. That wasn't a vacation? Yep. Stop it. Um (laughs) Although, the, although it was funny seeing the guy put the money into T Bob or attempt to, yeah, I question the use of a drunk gambler stumbling around in a kid's cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> we're in, well, it
1: is Vegas. It we're is in Vegas. City. We're full yeah. of
0: people gambling. Then this guy's clearly hobbling around, like <laughs> almost like slurring his speech. He can't walk straight. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's what the suntan lotion PSA is for.
0: I guess. <laughs> and then I, I question. Apparently, I thought, uh, I don't know, Scott refers to one Venom member as... I can't remember who he sees, if it's uh, Vanessa or whoever. He says, that was a a Venom.
1: Yeah, I did notice that. That
0: "That was a Venom.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, Venom is
1: singular now? Yeah, that... uh... Like, they're
0: each a Venom? Or is the organization Venom?
1: The voice... The voice sessions for this show must have really sucked. <laughs> no, seriously, because... Okay, I I remember one of our... Um, and this is slightly off topic of, of low beams of this episode, but I remember one of our complaints about the DVD set from Shout Factory was that there was not really that... There's only two bonus features on it. There was nothing with the voice actors or anything like that. And, and Brian Ward has gone on record in saying that they did reach out, but apparently... No one who voice acted in this series... Like, Doug Stone apparently did not remember even voicing Matt Tracker.
0: Well, see, and wow. I even reached out to... Try, tried to reach out to Brian Ward because I was uh, searching, and I have been searching for years for actual images of some of the people that did the voices in in Mask. Um, yeah. I have a lot of them, but there are certain people that you can't even find an image for anywhere on, on the Internet, um, and he couldn't find anything for me. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the voice actors... Uh, Sorry if they're listening, but I know they're not. Um, <laughs> how about at the end when, uh, when Scott says, hey, I even did what, I told, what you told me to. I stayed on the lake. And Matt goes,
1: that's my boy. What? That's my boy, now in theaters. Sorry. That's
0: my boy. Like, uh, he said, that's my boy. Like, oh, my boy's so good. He always obeys me, and I'm proud of him. I've raised him well. What right. the fuck? <laughs> Your boy never does what you tell him to. He's always in trouble. He's always getting himself almost killed. And you have nothing to be proud of in your parenting skills. Stop okay. it. I, I don't know if I That's
1: should wait my until bully. we. Well, I don't know if we should. I, I, I think I'm going to wait till final thoughts because it has nothing to do with this episode. But I, I, I have a comparison okay. for people um, okay. when we get to final thoughts. Uh, any Let's other low one, beams?
0: One more low beam, and that is I know you kind of had it as a high beam um, the Matt and Gloria angle. Yeah, I I don't like it only because uh, to me there's I don't know I almost view Matt as older than her and I, I don't have a problem with the age difference but it just doesn't seem like a natural pairing to me and mm-hmm. I just like he's the boss and
1: hey, you know you and can get to the top
0: on with his box. only female agent yeah and bringing her on vacation with Scott and and T-Bob. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know if, if mask as a cartoon, uh, if it's necessary to have hints or glimpses at a romantic connection with anybody. Uh, I'd almost prefer a romantic connection between Matt and
1: Vanessa. I'm not saying
0: obviously they're, they're, they're evil. That would that would
1: be awesome. But that would never, No, I'm saying like in the past,
0: like yeah. the, the romantic connection beforehand yeah. and before one was Mask and one was Venom. Yeah. And I could even go further and, and say that, that Vanessa, you know, was hot for Matt or whatever and it somehow caused the death of, of Matt's actual wife. like, yeah. And that's what turned her bad or something. Like we could go deep here, but yeah. I'd rather have that than – Oh, here's this female agent that we've we've never hinted at this before, yeah, and all this is of a sudden, the first
1: time, like, like there's been little hints, like there's been little snide remarks between Matt and Gloria in, in past episodes.
0: But we've basically um, gone 24 episodes, and then all of a sudden, there's a love connection. Yeah, I think that's why it feels unnatural to me.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, so it it so totally does. I, I mean, if they had, you know, um, if, if there had been
0: a hint since the beginning,
1: yeah, it'd be different. Yeah. Or if they spread it out, because it took, um, I'm going to make a Justice League, Justice League Unlimited reference that you're not going to get, but the listeners might. In Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, uh, when Hot Girl and Green Lantern start dating or whatever else, it takes them like two and a half, three seasons before that even happens. You know what I mean? So, and it, you know, it's little things here and there that, that build up to that. And that's the same kind of thing here. It's like... There have been little, like, snide – not really snide remarks, but little, you know, coy remarks and stuff back and forth. As far as the age, I would say Matt's between 38 and 43. I would say she's anywhere from 29 to 34. So that's not that No, I don't really
0: have a problem with age. I was trying to
1: figure
0: figure out why it felt unnatural to me. And I think it's just because it's all of a sudden after 24 episodes. Yeah. Like, I think that's my biggest problem, and I don't know. I just don't like the idea. If, I don't want this to continue.
1: Yeah. All right. So we are going to go to uh, some words of wisdom from Mr. Bruce Sato, and then we will come back. That was pretty good. After, yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, after, uh, after some ads and, and everything else to uh, close the show out. Stay tuned. Mask will return.
2: You can now hear the
0: GeekCast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear GeekCast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter GeekCast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you in your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows too. Always available to you on demand, no syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio.
2: Don't forget to enter promo code GeekCast Radio when you register.
1: Yes, Venom's out there someplace. Where? The jet's due to land in less than two hours. The Haystack is a large place to search for the needle. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe
0: news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of chuck right and we
1: hey again come on chuck we're just kidding kinda sometimes chuck makes fun of himself right and we okay seriously this is just getting ridiculous now it's what's on joe mind every week on the geekcast radio
0: network inside pulse.com stitcher smart radio and itunes download and listen
1: today i suppose i still can't say something about transformers can i no. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's alright. What tarnation's going on? Even the wolf circles back, leaving two sets of traps to confuse its pursuers. Huh? I don't see no wolves. Must be watching a different champ. Venom must be sending out a false radar signal. Are you ready for more? Let's go. So before we get into our ratings and final thoughts, uh, the PSAs. PSA 1 is don't carry too much at once, and PSA 2 is suntan lotion.
0: <laughs> uh, um, I like the first one just because there's all kinds of dirty jokes I can make about, <laughs> about um, at the young age of of whatever he is, God already knows you should not be carrying wood, or at least not too much wood as a boy.
1: So, so,
0: so <laughs> good. Just... The suntan lotion one was funny because Scott usually in PSA's usually the, the formula there is uh the kid or or somebody is doing something wrong mm. and and the superhero or the you know the the hero of the show is the one that comes in and corrects the action mm. um and in this situation Scott was doing the right thing from the beginning and it was Matt saying that a boy kid good job you're putting your sunscreen on so it was a little different you know, instead of somebody doing something wrong that was being corrected, it was somebody doing something right and then being reinforced.
1: Right, yeah. I, I, I can kind of see that, but still, these PSAs for this this week's podcast, just, they make no sense in a violent 80s cartoon. I want to know like, who
0: came up with the, okay, I can understand suntan lotion. Like, kids never want to put on their suntan lotion. We should throw that out there. Who came up with the idea that, man, kids are always carrying too much?
1: yeah. What? I had a backpack like, as a kid. I still have a backpack today.
0: Is that a problem that the cartoons need to try to like subliminally, you know, message kids to try to prevent because kids everywhere are carrying too big a loads?
1: Oh. Uh... <laughs> I
0: don't think that's it. that was not meant as a bad joke.
1: <laughs> I know. I was saying, it wasn't but...
0: until I was like it wasn't until I was like in college where I started trying to carry too much because I was living on like the the third floor and like when we went grocery shopping each person would try to carry like 20 bags of groceries on their arms. So they only had to go up the stairs once. Um, I don't remember that being a problem for me as 10 at like the age of 10. Could I not carry, like, was I trying to carry all my action figures at the same time? (laughs) Like what could I have possibly been carrying that this PSA would relate to me in any way?
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. So my uh, getting into the, well, for final thoughts, I've, uh, there's a certain podcast, uh, of course it's two years away, but, there's a certain podcast that's going to be reformatted and redone uh, in 2014 the 30th anniversary of Transformers. And in preparation for that cuz as we all know or most of us know, at least you know and Steve knows and everyone else knows that that podcast with me that I plan ahead very very far ahead. You do. And
0: <laughs> he has my life plotted out for the next 20 years, folks. I'm Shut a prisoner. Up. I'm a podcast prisoner.
1: Oh, don't even go there. Don't even. You, you, no, we'll handle that off air. Um, See? That's, so that's I, just same tactics. Shut up. It's going to beat me. Shut up. So <laughs> I recently went back on Netflix and I watched season one of Transformers Generation 1.
0: It's a good thing to do every once in a while.
1: And I don't care what other people think of Scott, uh, of Scott, of, um, of Spike Witwicky. Now, Spike arguably is maybe anywhere from 14 to 16, whereas Scott is probably anywhere from 8 to 11, somewhere in there. Okay, so the age range is a little bit different, but they're two iconic 80s cartoon characters. Well, sort of iconic. Whatever, you know. As far as the
0: human, the, the child sidekick that the fans are supposed to relate to. Right,
1: right, exactly. Spike... Is more responsible. Spike actually listens to the giant fucking robots when they tell him to do something. Spike doesn't go running off unless he absolutely has to. You know. You know what I mean? It's yeah. My like... problem's not.
0: My problem's not with your hate of Scott. <laughs> I don't mind your your hatred of Scott because Scott's
1: kind of a just whiny douchebag. Don't douche like my hatred of T-Bob. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't. I don't agree with your hatred for T-Bob. Is my problem. He's just a. Okay. F- okay
1: but I'm not even. I'm not even worried. I'm not even talking about like. T. Bob's a whole nother. Th- I mean, T. Bob and 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 Wheelie could probably. Do you know who
0: Scott's like? Scott is like Episode Four, Luke Skywalker. <laughs>
1: Oh, God! No! I'm sorry, Luke is so much better than no, I'm just saying uh, the
0: whiny, complaining kid that's right. like, "Oh, why can't I be
1: included <laughs> I in the going station for some power like control. why can't I be included in the galactic
0: battlefield that I yeah. possibly could die in
1: but but but, but I mean, my thing was and I, and I and I wasn't really gonna have us do a long, lengthy discussion on this, but it was something that i that happened to me since in between recording episode nine and episode ten, and I had to bring this up because. Two iconic sidekick characters from an eighty from two different eighties cartoons, one of them, yes, is a little bit older, but you know we're as you said, we're spo- you know we as children of the eighties back then are supposed to somehow connect with these characters, even as a kid. I never connected with Scott because I everything that he gets into, I knew not to fucking do.
0: I think it was one of the biggest misnomers of people who were doing cartoons not just in the 80s but you know sometimes before that and sometimes after that there was just this big idea that you needed to have a character that the kids could relate to and feel like that was them in the the universe that they had created right and it's something that was never necessary mm-hmm. i don't think any of us ever needed a human character to be like if we were watching transformers we did, we could care less if there was humans or not in there we didn't need the human so that we could place ourselves in that universe. We were emerged into that. We were submersed into that. We we bought into a hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Like we did not need a human character. Yeah. Um. And I just think there was the, you know the powers that be that thought, oh, we need one of these in every single cartoon practically, and yeah. it just wasn't necessary. Uh,
1: as far as uh, getting into uh, ratings for uh, Vanishing Point and the uh, Counterclockwise Caper. For me, Vanishing Point gets a 3 out of 5. I, I liked guess, it. Right.
0: Huh? I predicted your ratings, and I'm right so far. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I I liked it. I thought it was really well done, but it still gave me that twinge of, oh, I've seen this plot before in reference to Highway to Terror. Uh, the counterclockwise caper, it's a 10. It's fucking ten for me. No. I only it's, fives. it's 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 five out of five. Because I
0: predicted right again.
1: Hands down, it is probably the best caper that Venom has done to this point. And it might be the best caper that they've ever done. Because it makes sense that they would do something like that. Like like finding you know a crystal that they know nothing about and want to harness its power and then oh it's going to explode that makes no fucking sense this plot made sense to me so yeah five out of five for uh, for counterclockwise what about you what are your ratings um
0: slightly different than you um i thought they were both solid episodes i like the plots in both of them there was just little minor things in each one that i didn't like um i've kind of teeter-tottered back and forth on, on my ratings for these but I've concluded that I'm actually giving them both the same score. For a while, I had Vanishing Point slightly higher than um, Counterclockwise Caper, but that was before you brought up the whole how similar it is to
1: Highway, the, to, Terror.
0: Highway to Terror, and I have to knock it down a little for that. <laughs> so I ended up with both of them being three and a half. Um, they're decent episodes. They're some of the better episodes we've seen. I couldn't quite give either one of them a four. Um I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't like Counterclockwise Caper quite as much as you did. I liked it. Um, I don't know if the Gloria Matt thing bugged me. Um, I don't really know exactly what it was, but three and a half for both of them.
1: Uh-huh. Alrighty then. So thank you for being a part of Mass Mayhem today. If you'd like to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show, there's so ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastrader.com where you can comment on all of our posts. Please do this. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes, please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The network name there is at Geekcast Radio. Mine is TFG and Mike. What is your Twitter name?
0: Optimus freaking solo. No, just Optimus Solo. No freaking. I did yeah. not say freaking.
1: <laughs> Become a fan on Facebook. Go to <laughs> facebook.com slash geekcast radio network. Call the voicemail line, tell us to show you leaving the message for, and your name, 502-526-5821. If you have a USB headset or microphone, you can go to the website on the right-hand side. There's a button that says Send Voicemail Now. You can do it that way as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Masked Mayhem, and don't forget to join us in our next Crusade, when we will be discussing episodes 25, 26, and 27, The Plant Show, The Secret of the Andes, and PENDA POWER!
0: So much for being in the USA.
1: <laughs> for now, I am TFTU and Mike with...
0: Optimus freaking Solo.
1: And remember, podcasting is the ultimate weapon. Illusion is the ultimate weapon.